I honestly think that every single person listening will be able to relate to that snowball rolling down a hill effect of either picking up negative habits or habits that just keep you stuck and it just gets bigger and faster and rolls down a hill quicker or the snowball that rolls down the hill that picks up the positive habits and actually springboards you from one happier thought to another happier thought and it's all kind of connected and you realize, oh, these little habits are actually adding up and making a huge difference to my overall life satisfaction and happiness level on a daily basis. Welcome to today's podcast episode. It's a solo one and I'm sharing with you 15 habits of happy people. I know that it's not always as simple as just going, okay, I would like to feel happier. I'm now going to introduce these 15 habits and voila, I'm a new human because mental health is no joke. People that struggle with depression and really sad, low moods and thoughts and feelings and cycles, it's a very real thing. And it's not at all a case of just clicking your fingers and engaging in some different habits to completely transform your mental health. If anyone is listening and identifies or perhaps is just curious about whether or not they do have a mental health condition or they need some support, do not put it off. Go and explore, reach out to your GP, Reach out to a therapist, a counselor, tell someone that you love what you are experiencing. Often we don't do that because we feel guilty, but then the guilt actually compounds and makes things so much worse. Mental health doesn't discriminate. It doesn't just pick people and go, oh, your life is hard. You get to have mental health issues. Mental health is something that we all need to think about and we need to think about it often and prioritize things that are actually going to help us when we need help. So this is an episode for the person who just wants to gain more momentum and feel a little happier overall. I think when it comes to happiness, there are different levels and areas that we do need to think about. Happiness in terms of our day-to-day contentment, I guess, and then happiness in terms of our overall life satisfaction. Because there are things that we might do daily that actually don't make us feel that happy, but are adding to our overall life satisfaction and fulfillment. There's happiness in terms of like the hedonistic instant gratification way as well. But these are just some habits of people who do consider themselves to feel happy overall. Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members. In that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. The first one is to limit comparisons. Happier individuals focus on their own journey and their own achievements rather than constantly comparing themselves to others. It's so part of our day, like it's just baked into our day now that we do go on social media and whether we are doing it on purpose or not, often end up comparing our reality to what people are posting. And we have to remember, like we have to actively remember to disengage from the social media comparison spiral. You also just have to remember that people in general are not putting their worst foot forward. And so it's very human that we want to compare ourselves and figure out where we sit in the scheme of things. But we don't actually have all of the intel. It reminds me of when the kids were younger and people would ask me about comparing kids, you know, in terms of like, oh, my toddler hasn't walked yet, but my best friend's toddler has, or my daughter can do this and my son can't and all those sorts of things. And I remember thinking like, it's so tempting to compare one child with another child, but we're not comparing apples and apples because humans are so complex. And so there's no point comparing one child's ability to walk at 10 months old to another child's ability when that child may be more suited to a different skill set or there, you know, like there's just so many things going on. And it's the same with us as adults. Don't compare where you are right now to where someone else is. And we have to remember everything ebbs and flows and fluctuates and changes. And you can look at someone and think, wow, they're just having the best life ever. (laughs) Like, look how well they're doing. But we have no idea what's coming around the corner and you don't know what's coming around the corner for you either. So limit your comparisons to other people. Number two, positive social connections. Surround yourself with positive and supportive people to enhance your happiness. You know the saying about how we become the average of the five people we spend the most amount of time with. Be discerning with who you let into your inner circle. Like that said, (laughs) I feel like that's enough on that topic. Positive social connections. Number three, a mindset of abundance. Seeing life through a lens of abundance rather than scarcity can contribute to a more positive and happier outlook and perspective. So, Mindset of abundance means that we're focusing on what is actually there and rather than, I guess, that scarcity mindset. So in terms of like, say you want to start a business and you think to yourself, well, why would I start that business? There are already a million other people doing it. It's about going, well, yeah, maybe there are a million other people doing it because there's a demand for a million people to do it in their own way. You know, it's proof of concept rather than it being something that you shouldn't do because it's already been done. It's just a, you know, switching what it is that you're focusing on. Number four, a gratitude practice. I know it is so cheesy to have a gratitude practice, but I couldn't not include it because it's proven that regularly expressing thanks and appreciating the positive aspects of life does foster a sense of contentment and it will make it easier to focus on the abundant side of things as well. When it comes to a gratitude practice, I definitely encourage you to link it 
with an already existing daily habit and to focus on gratitude for something big and then gratitude for something small. It's a great conversation to have around the dinner table as well. What's something big, you know, like an overarching theme in your life that you're grateful for? Like maybe you're grateful for the fact that you've got the capability to get up and go to work and earn money and buy food and sit down with your family. That's certainly something to be grateful for. And then something small might be you're really grateful that your child came over and squeezed your hand on the walk home from school or something little, you know, like you're grateful that the person who served you at the fruit shop was really kind and friendly It's a great practice to engage in and it's a brilliant uh, habit to role model for your kids as well. Next up, mindfulness and presence. Being present in the moment and practicing mindfulness can reduce stress and increase overall happiness. Again, I know that it's cheesy to include it, but it's true. So often our minds run away and they're a million miles away from what we're actually doing. We're not present when we're like washing the dishes, for example, we're living in the future. We're thinking about something completely different and probably putting ourselves through stress about an imagined future that hasn't even unfolded yet. So can you bring your mind back to the moment often? I remember a guest saying to me that a quote had stuck with them along the lines of keep your mind where your hands are. So if you are literally washing the dishes, Can you zone in and think, okay, how does the water feel on my hands, on my fingertips? What is the sensation? What are the smells? Go through your senses. What am I seeing? What am I feeling? All of that stuff can just help you to anchor in the moment. So often we are putting ourselves through things that are never going to happen, or if they are going to happen, we're putting ourselves through it needlessly twice or thrice or or more times. So bringing your mind back to actually where you are in the moment, being present, focusing on your breath. Next up, optimism. Happier people do tend to maintain a positive outlook and focus on the possibilities and solutions rather than dwelling on problems. Easier said than done sometimes, and I guess this one could be interchangeable with a mindset of abundance, but optimism is about going, okay, yes, there are a couple of different things happening here. I get to kind of choose my own reality in a way if I can acknowledge that, yes, there is this negative side and I'm going to choose to amplify the positive side. Choosing optimism. Again, I feel like these are great conversation starters with kids as well. You know, talk to your children and even offer up make-believe scenarios and say, okay, what would be the silver lining here? What could you focus on? And not in a toxic, positive way, because I think you can still acknowledge and validate when something is hard and challenging and switch your focus to amplify the optimistic side of things as well. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's no surprise that healthy relationships are really important as well. Cultivating and maintaining positive relationships with friends and family and community significantly improves happiness. So I would encourage you to ask yourself, what are the elements of a healthy relationship for you and are they present in your current relationships? Acts of kindness. So engaging in acts of kindness, whether big or small, can foster a sense of connection and fulfillment. It is so tempting to focus on our own experience and find ourselves kind of in a navel-gazing situation, but looking up and looking out and focusing on little acts of kindness can be a great way to actually right-size our own problems and, yeah, to bring that sense of connection and fulfillment and contentment and to feel part of something. You know, I think that's what connection is all about, right? Like you are part of something. Physical activity, you know, I'm the biggest advocate for exercise and movement. It is everything. Regular exercise has been linked to improved mood and overall well-being. My exercise regime is so important to me because it is the time of day that I get to just focus on myself. You know, every other time of day and truthfully, often when I'm exercising, these thoughts uh, still infiltrate because I'm a mum forever. Um, but it is the time of day where I put my headphones in and I listen to something I enjoy and I move in a way that I enjoy. And I know I'm doing it for me to feel strong and to feel capable and to feel that sense of vitality that is so important in terms of my core values. So what regular physical exercise can you engage in? And I cannot stress enough how important it is to actually enjoy it. You have to enjoy the way you are moving. Otherwise, it becomes a punish and a chore and it's taking away from your happiness. If you do want to try the way that I work out, come on over and join me on Sunroom because I do have workouts over there that you can do from home. Next up, balance and work-life balance especially, which I think is tricky, right? Like balancing work and personal time and relaxation, family time, all of that stuff, socializing, working out the balance that works for you, I believe is a moving target. There are times in your life where work does need to take up a bigger piece of the life pie. There are times in your life when perhaps you have young children and that will take up a bigger piece of the life pie. But just knowing what pieces go into your sense of a fulfilled life is important when it comes to balance. I don't think that we need to think about balance as perfectly balance, you know, perfect division. I think that we need to think about balance as what is it that honors what is most important to us and most essential for the current season of our life. A pursuit of goals. So setting and working towards meaningful goals can provide a sense of purpose and accomplishment. Small daily goals can do that for you. I remember when the boys were little, 
I would get to the end of the day and think, I know I've done important stuff. <laughs> like I know I've kept these kids safe and entertained and fed and clean. And I know it's important work, but what have I actually done all day? And when I started to write it down and tick it off, it did actually change the way that I viewed my time in a day, as silly as it sounds. It's the same with my workouts. When I tick my workout circuits off my little whiteboard as I move through them, I do have a sense of accomplishment. So little goals can still bring that for you. And then, of course, goals in the sense of longer term goals, saving goals, financial goals, bucket list goals, holidays, whatever it is, but actually having meaningful goals that you can measure whether you are getting closer to them or not is really important in helping us to feel like we are progressing and feeling like we're progressing means we feel like we're growing. And I've said a million times, no one wants to feel stuck in their own lives and growth is so important. I do think with goals, it can sometimes feel intimidating you know, to actually put down on paper or to even just think about what your goals are. But they don't have to be big and scary. In fact, I would argue that small daily goals that you can realistically achieve and tick off are what you should perhaps focus on, particularly right now at this stage, given that it's the start of the year. Focus on gaining momentum in things that are realistic to you. Okay, self-care, taking care of your physical and mental and emotional well-being through things like proper sleep, nutrition and relaxation is essential for happiness. Sleep is one of those pillars. It is a foundation of your health and happiness that is so often ignored. And again, much like meditation and mindfulness and gratitude, I'm speaking purely for myself here when I feel out of touch or frazzled or you know, disconnected from myself or whatever, just snappy, and someone says to me like, oh, maybe you should meditate or you could practice gratitude. I instantly just roll my eyes into the back of my head and I'm like, I don't want to do that. But this is the stuff that actually does help. And sleep is one of those pillars of wellness that is so easy to ignore because we do often fall into habits where it's like, it's fine if I get into bed and I scroll. Who cares if I go to bed late? Who cares if I have a coffee in the afternoon? It's fine. Who cares if I don't drink enough water? But those things actually do all add up. I know for people who have a predisposition as well to depression, whether that's through genetic or, um, you know, circumstantial Sleep can be a massive trigger in terms of if sleep becomes broken for a long period of time and you begin to experience the effects of sleep deprivation, it can cause you to feel much lower, much sadder, and everything feels hard. So definitely like consider sleep when it comes to self-care. Self-care often is like, oh, okay, self-care, let's run ourselves a bath and light a candle and play some Enya. But self-care is often actually tackling the tasks that you don't want to do. I know for me, as someone with ADHD, self-care is actually facing some of the life admin stuff that I don't want to do and causes me discomfort. 
So again, back to what I mentioned at the start of the episode, some of the things that can bring a sense of life contentment or happiness overall actually make us feel unhappier momentarily because we have to push through it. I've spoken about this in terms of parenting as well. There's a podcast episode you can search for uh, in the feed here that's called The Parenting Paradox, I think. And it's all about that U-curve, U-shaped curve of parenting and also how often (laughs) when it comes to parenting, it can make us unhappier day to day, but adds a huge sense of life contentment overall. So with self-care, think about your sleep, think about your hydration, think about those tasks that aren't typically considered as self-care, as well as the bubble bath and the face mask and those kind of cheesier, more thought of self-care actions. Adaptability is another one. So happier people often exhibit resilience and the ability to adapt to life's challenges with a positive mindset. So adaptability to me means being less rigid and relinquishing control and accepting those ebbs and flows of life and right-sizing the things that do keep me rigid. You know, if I'm like, oh gosh, I'm really stressed because I'm running late. It's just reminding myself in the scheme of things, Kylie, this is not a big deal. Adaptability, plans fall apart sometimes. You know, sometimes we turn up to an experience in life with an expectation of how something is going to go And simply because it doesn't meet that expectation, we then end up feeling disappointed with the experience that unfolds. Whereas if we do remember that adaptability is actually something that can go towards our happiness, it's easier, I think, to be less rigid. So if you do find yourself feeling uptight and struggling to relinquish control or to adjust your expectations, just repeat to yourself, Adaptable, adaptable, adaptable. (laughs) Okay, next up, cultivating hobbies. And I know that hobbies can be a word that can really trigger some people for a variety of reasons, and that's perhaps a conversation for another day. But generally speaking, engaging in activities that bring joy and a sense of fulfillment that are separate to your work can contribute to overall happiness. I think culturally, there's been a big push in the last decade or so for people to turn their hobbies or their uh, activities that they enjoy or their passions into something that they can then, you know, sell. You can turn it into work in a way. And I really love the conversation surrounding how we have to actually get a bit of perspective and go, okay, yes, for some people, they can do that. They can take their passion and their hobbies and turn it into a business. But for other people, and I would argue for all people, actually, we need to have hobbies that are not about creating a specific monetary goal that we don't rely on to provide for us in any other way than providing a sense of escapism and joy and contentment. I've spoken before, particularly in the blueprint, about how we all need to work out what it is that we can do that makes us feel like we're in a flow state. And a flow state is when we're engaging in an activity that has a little bit of resistance around it in terms of, 
you know, we need to think about it or we need to engage in it physically enough that it kind of stops our mind wandering to other things too greatly. You know, like we need to actually have a level of focus, but it needs to be balanced with a level of ease so that we can do it for a sustained period of time and it brings us a sense of enjoyment. So have a little bit of a think about your hobbies, your relationship to activities. What is it that you like to do just for the sake of doing it? And last but not least, continuous learning. A curiosity for learning and personal growth is really common amongst happy individuals. Just being curious and hungry to learn a new skill, it makes us remember that we are adaptable, that we can learn something, that we don't know everything and that we shouldn't ever assume that we do. Is there a topic that you're really interested in that you would love to learn more about? And again, just to satisfy your own curiosity, sure, you can learn in the capacity of your uh, trade and your career and upskill, and you can learn in the capacity of being a student, but what can you just learn for the sake of of learning. Don't ever be afraid to start learning something new and to be a beginner. Having a beginner's mindset is such a gift. So those are 15 things that we can think about when it comes to having a happier life overall and also in the micro sense, happier from day to day. Let me know if you enjoy this style of episode. I really appreciate you being here. And I hope that one, at least, maybe all 15, but at least one or two of these points have landed with you and provided you with a bit of a stepping stone forward into creating some new actions and habits and beliefs for yourself. Before you run off, I just wanted to mention that over on Sunroom, you're going to find exclusive content that will be seen nowhere but Sunroom. And the reason for this is Sunroom is a safe platform. Things can't be screenshotted. They can't be shared or taken out of context, really. Sunroom is the inner circle and I am over there sharing workouts, reflections, honest, truly raw thoughts and feelings, instant reactions to certain things that are going on in my life and so much more. Over there, you can also organize your own custom experience. If you've ever wanted to book a mentoring session with yours truly to perhaps take your idea for your own podcast and start creating Maybe you have a podcast already, but you really want to learn some of the tricks of the trade when it comes to monetizing, streamlining, pitching to guests, or just creating a stronger podcast in general. I'm the first person to say I am not a business strategist, but I certainly am someone who loves the podcasting space. And with over 400 episodes under my belt, I will happily help you to learn from the mistakes I've made in the past and to cut out some of those tricky lessons and to just benefit from that experience. I love talking about podcasting and personal branding. So if you want to book a session with me, you can do that through Sunroom as well. You can also receive personalized voice notes and advice and so much more over there. 
Link is in the show notes. So come on over, join the inner circle and the circle is small. So the messages are getting answered quickly and I am available to you over through the Sunroom app. Link is in the bio. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 